This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Thanks for downloading the Let's Talk About Suicide podcast. This podcast is for anyone who has lost a loved one to suicide, and we'll be focusing on the LGBTIQA plus communities. As the name suggests, this podcast discusses issues around suicide, which can be a tough subject to talk about, but it is important that we do. We want to provide support to people who are bereaved by suicide, and let people talk about it. In all of our discussions, we will be conscious to use the appropriate language. Your self-care is important. Listening to this podcast may raise issues for you, and if this is the case, we'd encourage you to contact one of the following services in Australia. You can contact QLife on 1800 184 527 or the Suicide Callback Service on 1300 659 467 or Lifeline on 13 11 14. You can also find all of these contact details on the JOY website at joy.org.au slash let's talk. This podcast is produced in association with Support After Suicide, a program of Jesuit social services that provides support to people who have been bereaved by suicide, and Switchboard Victoria, who provide peer-driven support services for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender and gender-diverse, intersex, queer and asexual people, their families, allies and communities. We would also like to acknowledge that this podcast was recorded on the lands of the Wandry people of the Kulin Nation, and we would like to pay our respects to their elders, past, present and emerging, and to extend our respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people who are listening. If you're listening to this podcast anywhere in Australia, you are on Aboriginal land. Always was, always will be. Welcome to this episode of Let's Talk About Suicide. My name is Hamish Blunk, and I'm your host for the podcast. Also guiding you through each of our episodes are our two wonderful experts. They are Joe Ball, who is the CEO of Switchboard Victoria. They are also an LGBTIQA plus community leader and uses the pronouns they, them. And Dr. Louise Flynn, who is a psychologist and also the manager of support after suicide. We'll also hear from four people who we talk to about their experience with a loved one who died by suicide. Bo, Lara, Peter, and Alice. In this episode, I'm going to ask our experts that question you have probably asked, or at least thought about. How long will I grieve for? It was certainly the thing that I wanted to know in the beginning, when the pain was immeasurable. As you might expect, the answer to this question is not straightforward. To answer that question, it helps to understand more about how suicide is different from other causes of death, which is what I asked Louise. Losing someone to suicide actually shares a lot of the same experiences as other deaths. The loss of the person is the, their absence, missing them. That can happen in any, in any death, in any grief. And then there's losing someone suddenly and unexpectedly. There's other deaths that certainly um, are like that. Then there's losing someone um, in, a, in a traumatic way. 
so suddenly, unexpectedly and violently. These are all experiences that are shared with, with, the, loss to suicide, with the loss to suicide. I think suicide does have some very unique experiences and it's simply because the person ended their own life. And that just leaves certain experiences and issues for people who they were close to, who cared about them, who loved them. It just simply does leave a set of experiences, sets of thoughts, feelings, questions that are quite unique to suicide. And certainly we're going to go into that in more detail in the, in the next episode. Joe thinks that for LGBTIQA plus people, a suicide death can raise even more questions because of the discrimination these communities often face. In the LGBTIQA plus community, I think when we lose someone to suicide, I think that it has a particular feelings and that are, that, are, that are different, completely different from other types of death when we lose a, a colleague, a friend, a partner, etc. in our community. Because I think what happens in our community is we wonder at, at how our lives and our societies could be different that would be more supportive to people. And I think that causes a level of like resentful injustice, you know, and, and having to sort of live with that. Because particularly when, you know, looking at those early statistics where we see that where people have received, um, young people have received levels of bullying and harassment around their sexuality and gender, they do have higher rates of suicidal thoughts. So if that then turns into the suicidal thoughts turn into suicide, that that leaves the family and friends and the communities around it just thinking about, you know, how, how can we build a better world? And I think that, you know, that's a really different way um, to think about it uh, than, than other types of death and, and trauma. What you're talking about there, Joe, is a kind of additional burden, in a sense, for those left behind. Well, um, an awareness, I think, that things should have been different yep. for people. Yeah. You know, like, I think particularly, you know, when you think about, like, you know, the harassment that people received at school and, you know, certainly that, and we look back on that and think, well, th- you know, that put undue pressure on that young person that went throughout their life and mm. I think that and if you feel like that's a part of the puzzle of why they suicided then that's something we have to live with and I, I guess we have to live with hopefully as a society mm. um, and another reason why we need to talk about suicide and why we need to talk about LGBTIQA plus suicide as you know and the higher rates that we have we do need to actually talk that and name that and not just subsume it into all suicide statistics. Hearing from Louise and Joe that suicide is more complex than other causes of death might be something that you already feel because you're experiencing it firsthand. But others around you may not grasp the magnitude of what you're going through. Unfortunately, in general, I think as a society, we have quite unrealistic expectations, really, of how of, of the depth of grief and the length of time that it can take to really for someone to find their feet again after someone has taken their own life. It really is a very significant, overwhelming, very intense experience. There's an immense level of grief. It's very traumatic 
really thinking through how come this person who I love ended their own life. That is actually a really long process. It's a devastating experience which is very disruptive um, in most people's lives. And that really does take um, quite a long time to really recover from and really feel that you can kind of get back to yourself and so I think that's it's um, it's one of the reasons those expectations is one of the reasons why many people who've lost someone to suicide feel quite isolated because those around them will be thinking what's wrong with you it's taking why it's six months are you still like this and what we find is that that's not abnormal at all in fact it's normal and um, quite common it just simply is that disruptive and experience that distressing and experience and um, one of the things that's very helpful for us all to learn is how difficult and how long it takes so we can really provide that long-term compassionate kind support and Louise I mean you would know this well because you run peer support groups but that they're because it is a unique experience there's a real benefit to people who've experienced suicide or being bereaved by suicide to talk to other people and I mean guess that's that's what we're doing um you know we're bringing the lived experience stories um to you through this podcast um Hamish and I are directly affected by suicide I think actually that's really important that forms a sort of backbone of like because because we know it is such a unique experience and it's really important to talk to each other yes in our program support after suicide one of the most important things that we do is run groups for people to come together counseling really has a place for some people and the support groups have a really um, unique place in people being able to share experiences so they can feel so accepted, understood and feel like they're normal, that this level of distress and trauma is actually normal. While it might be normal to feel this level of distress and trauma, it is also important to point out and reassure you that how you feel when you're grieving changes over time and you won't necessarily always feel this immense level of grief that you might be in right now. That's right. While it certainly takes a long time to whatever the right word is, recover, adjust, come to terms with what's happened. It really can take a long time. Grief changes over time, so it's not the same for the weeks, months and perhaps sometimes years that it takes. Um, It's not the same. And also people's grief fluctuates. So, for instance, people might have got themselves to a point where they kind of feel like, yes, I'm managing... I'm okay day to day, I'm getting through. And then there can be a sudden sort of upsurge in the grief. You know, for example, at birthdays or other important dates, anniversaries, uh, it can really feel quite intense again. And again, that's very normal. There's nothing wrong with that happening. It's really the way it is. And then that will subside again and then there might be another upsurge. What we want to do here is provide hope. It is a very difficult experience. And it is also an experience that can be lived with and recovered from, if that's that's probably not quite the right way to put it, but there is hope even when this 
experience feels very, very dark and too difficult. As I mentioned at the start of the episode, I wanted to ask Louise the question that I've asked my counsellor, and you may have asked your counsellor or a friend. How long will I grieve for? What grief looks like and how it feels changes over time. It can be intense at particular times. It can be intense initially. It can be intense in the lead up to the anniversary. But how the day-to-day experience of it does tend to change over time. When someone is really significant and um, a really meaningful and important part of your life, the grief tends to be really long-term. It doesn't mean it's agony every day, but that person is part of the fabric of your being. That person is someone that you love. You love them when they were here and that love doesn't, does not go, it doesn't die. The importance of that person, the meaning of that person in your life remains and the grief changes over time. So I think um, while it can sort of feel unsettling and a bit frightening to say, grief really is a very long-term experience and there are some people who we will grieve um, until we ourselves die. But that doesn't mean that every day is a dreadful experience. It just means that uh, we grieve that they are not here with us. And I think in a later episode of this podcast, we're going to talk about how we can remember and honour someone who's been so important to us. It's like when we talk about guilt, you feel really guilty because you love that person so much. And so you feel uh, intense grief for a long period of time because you love that person so much. So it's almost like a reminder that you love them a lot. That's Mm. right. Like there's a kind of a saying in um, grief and bereavement that grief is the price of love. How could we not grieve someone who we have loved and who loved us? While there is no timeline on grief and no clear answer to the question, how long will I grieve for, you might be able to take some solace from what Louise just said. I know that I have found it helpful to remember during my grief, so I think it's worth repeating here again. Grief is the price of love. How can we not grieve someone who we have loved and who has loved us? In the next episode of Let's Talk About Suicide, you are going to meet four people who have all lost someone to suicide. Maybe you relate to something they share. So listen to that episode to hear their stories. You can download the other episodes in this series from joy.org.au slash let's talk or look for them in your podcast feed. And you can also download the full-length interviews with the people who have shared their own stories. Thanks to our amazing panel, Joe Ball from Switchward Victoria and Louise Flynn from Support After Suicide. And also to the people we interviewed with lived experience, Alice, Bo, Lara and Peter. Let's Talk About Suicide is presented and produced by me, Hamish Blunk, Editorial assistance by Joy Program Director Rachel Tyler-Jones and technical help from Jack Trainor, Joy Production Manager. If you'd like to contact the show, you can email us at letstalk at joy.org.au. But if you need to talk to somebody right now or are in crisis, please contact one of the following services in Australia. Call QLife on 1800 184 527, the Suicide Callback Service on 1300 659 467, or Lifeline on 13 11 14. You can find all of these contact details at joy.org.au slash let's talk. Until next time, take care.
Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.